As health and wellness providers, we know that better patient outcomes require a whole person, multidisciplinary approach that we just can't provide on our own. That's why I've started the Wellness Center Creators Podcast. I'll be bringing you interviews with experts, tips, tricks, secrets, resources, systems, and solutions so that you don't have to reinvent the wheel. And creating your wellness center won't feel like starting over. Welcome back, everyone, to the Wellness Center Creators Podcast. Today on the show, we have Ildi Arlette. Ildi, welcome to the show. Super to be here. Let's start with you sharing a bit about yourself with our audience and how did you get to be doing what you're doing now? <laughs> like most entrepreneurs, completely by accident. So I um, started out as actually a customer service training company because I had made a business case study that said, you know, all that really matters is how you serve someone. The rest is peripheral. And so when I was doing training in customer service, it was really actually to restaurants and hotels, luxury hotels and fascinating work. And, you know, I was really young in my 20s. This is, you know, 30 years ago now. And I very quickly in one of those customer service sessions started to see a trend that I was going to see for the next four years, which is there were a lot of leadership challenges um, amongst the team in reaching the service standards that they wanted to. And there were a lot of team dynamic issues. So I'd like to say that I was like super strategic and built the company out that way. But really, I saw a need and then pivoted from doing customer service to leadership and team development. Fast forward uh, several years, I was asked to do a session for a friend, a training session, where I got to combine customer service training with leadership and team dynamic. And in that session, which I was just helping out a friend, (laughs) there were a couple of people in the audience that came up to me at the break and said, we'd love to chat with you more because these principles that you're talking about in tying together service leadership and team, we need these in our clinic. So in my head, I said, what's a clinic? I wonder, I must Google this later. <laughs> and it ended up that the two people who came up at the break, one was a rep for a national pharmaceutical company that sells products to med spas. And the other one is a really renowned med spa here in Canada. That's how I got into working with med spas. And I've been doing that exclusively since 2003. Amazing. So interesting. I love, always love hearing how we got to be doing what we're doing. And I think you're right in that a lot of us entrepreneurs, um, you know, it can happen by accident or we start on one path and we end up on another. So I, I'm excited that you found your way into the world of clinics because this is where I live all the time. Um, and I think you have a lot to share with our audience today. So what would you say? are the most common mistakes you see from those running medical aesthetics clinics or med spas? Well, I I can think of several of the top ones. The first one is really the, the tension that I think 
many of my clients hold between being a healthcare professional, like a physician or nurse, and then doing fee-for-service treatments, product services for their patients. I think there's a tension there that is covered and engulfed and saturated in the two worlds of being a healthcare professional and an entrepreneur and holding that tension. And that creates, when you're asking about mistakes, the mistake of thinking you're one or the other. So physicians or nurses trying to be an entrepreneur and run a clinic or being an entrepreneur and then forgetting that you're still a healthcare professional. And how do you want to articulate that into the world? So the mistake isn't that they are both. The mistake is not exploring the realities of the tension, the pressures that that come from that. And therefore, articulating their business or their brand from only one of those views. And I find that kind of pulls people off center. So they become like over-medicalized, like they're going to win by the treatments and medicine that they provide. And you just heard me literally laugh. I can't even say that with a straight face because there are tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of uh, med spas or things like it now in North America. So what we end up with is, you know, a a common question I'm asked is, is the market saturated? And I don't think we have a crisis of saturation. I think we have a crisis of authenticity. And I I wish that people would address that tension a little bit more. I think another one is simply not respecting themselves as human beings, as human beings trying to be an entrepreneur, a human being trying to be a healthcare professional in this day and age, especially and everything that comes with it. And that leads to a huge amount of imposter effect, a lot of self-doubt, not knowing where to turn, and a massive amount of isolation. And then I, I think another mistake that people make is they underestimate how that leadership role impacts team and the skills that they need around. I'm just going to generalize and say working with others, but it's yeah. sort of this moment, like, <laughs> holy moly. Um, I'm I'm not only a physician now or a clinic owner, but I'm also an employer. Somebody's somebody's texting someone else tonight, going, "I don't know, I have to check with my boss." Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh well, in your 17 years of medical school and studying, like nobody taught you that. So that's a challenge. Yeah. If we start to think about, okay, those are the challenges. What about solutions? Right. So. What are some systems that you think are important to have in place for med spas, medical aesthetic practices? I know you talk about your RCI framework. I'd love to hear a little more about that. Sure. Um, We've been using the same three-step process or framework for 30 years in our business. We've, you know, every time someone new comes along, we try and reinvent it, but we stick with the foundation and it's It's simply a three-step process. That framework is know yourself, know your team, and then work towards the goal. So the the thing we always want to do is go right to solutions, right? Let's solve it. Let's find things. But that's working towards the goal. Like how can I increase my revenue or patient retention or how can I minimize staff turnover? Um, But they're missing the other two pieces, which we've added in, which is know yourself, By that, I mean self-awareness, like a self-aware individual who is going through their day and their life and business journey, 
as awake as they possibly can about all of the things that are challenging in life and work that we naturally want to avoid. So how can self-awareness be a competitive advantage to your clinic, your revenue, your patient retention, your minimizing staff turnover? Secondly, knowing your team, resources, or network. And that's where I know when you and I met, Kendall, like we were in one common network together. Mm-hmm. And I, I really believe in the magic of groups and people and teams. So how can they leverage the power of that team? And I don't mean like the outdated mindset, like how can we wring out the most and get the most out of our staff? I think that's still a mindset that a lot of employers and med spa owners are functioning by. So know yourself, know your team, and then work towards the goal. And what we found early on is leaders in the medical aesthetic space and all our clients who invested in getting support for their leadership, getting support for their team, somehow had a a different, and if I'm going to say easier and smoother experience working toward those goals. Yeah. So that's what we've been doing. That's what we've been using. That's the framework that works for us. And it really helps us to pause before we go straight to just solution finding. Yeah. It's so important. And, you know, I'm sure in that process, you're helping people with right fit hiring and developing people into leadership who want to be leaders, right? Because I always talk about we as the owner or the creator of the business, we might see people on our team that we want to be leaders or we see strengths in them, but they Mm -hmm. have no interest in managing people or learning that skill set or becoming leaders. And so I'm sure that's part of your process as well. It, it really is. And, you know, to be perfectly honest, it has been a 20 year challenge to describe what it is we do and how we help people. What I know is we're really addressing three or four areas that are a huge concern. So they come to us for the external, right? Like, help me get help me make enough money, help me keep enough money, help help me have happy staff, all of those things. And what we find is really, we're able to say we can do that. And let us understand what that means and looks like for you versus what the social media external world tells you it should be because people pour a lot of time and money into building something that they really can't stand. So a few months ago, I thought we should change our Instagram profile to say, you know, we work with medical aesthetic clinics and med spa owners. So you don't feel like you want to burn your business down every month. Yeah. (laughs) That's like, that's perfect. That's, that is the uh, (laughs) ultimate call to action, right? Well, that's it. And I think, you know, people are feeling like they need a business or leadership degree to do this, to, to cope with where they found themselves. And sadly, Kendall, I do have clients who, you know, they're like, the MBA is the solution. So 21 years later, now I've seen some clients get MBAs, and it's, it's not the way through for most it's people. It's not the solution. We're here to tell you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Listen well, to be- Kendall. It's because it's because of the nature of this type of industry, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's yeah. this all about relationships and human beings. There's uh, there's so many nuances, and the psychology. If anything, a psychology degree is what you want to get, right? Yes. Uh, 
the other dip that people take is they they say, all right, you know, I'm going to devote my spare time to learning marketing. And I mean, it is a snake pit in this industry for people like literally just so what I'm looking for targeting med spa and, and clinics. Yeah. And if you add doctor in front of anything, often, you know, the price just goes up six times and that's fine. I'm just interested in what results have you, what results have happened? Did this go how you want it? And unfortunately it hasn't worked. So, you know how we said, know your team, know yourself, know your team, work towards the goal. We do a huge amount of work in teaching internal marketing. So, uh, I just don't have a clinic anywhere, even ones that have invested like hundreds of thousands of dollars that won around dedicating huge finances to marketing. That was not the way to build better patient relationships and client relationships. And so much of our industry is like sort of a race to the bottom around pricing. And so they're trying all these hit or miss, you know, marketing tactics and giveaways and um, like endless discounting. And once you start that, it's it's really tough to get out of because if you're competing on price, that's a huge challenge. And I think one of the other challenges is um, it's hugely isolating in this role. Like in, in the industry that I serve, the places to go to learn, there are some better online communities now. Um but they're kind of like cliquey groups or the big conferences. Yeah. And those are not great places to go. They can be to meet some people, but I mean, I don't, you know, your average listener may or may not know that people are paid to speak on that stage. So when someone says I bought this device or I brought this product into my clinic and here's how it worked for me. I mean, I understand the world of business. People need to get paid to do it. It's just, I want to hear the rest of the story. Like, what was the biggest surprise in launching that device or product in your clinic? Um, What do you wish you would have known before? Um, Tell me how you got your staff on board and tell me how this thing is working, you know, three years or three months from the shiny brand new launch. And Mm so we're trying to bring solutions and have a place and a structure for people to work through those things. Mm -hmm. Hey, this is Shelby from the Jane team. Jane is an all-in-one practice management software designed to save you time with features like user-friendly online booking, efficient documentation, and an integrated payment solution. Here at Jane, we know your treatment time is valuable and you'd much rather be helping your patients and clients than filling out paperwork or chasing payment information. Jane's online intake forms help you maximize your treatment time by collecting all of the right information before your patient even walks through the door. Whether you need to collect a credit card on file, insurance billing details, or sign consent, you can customize your forms to fit your practice needs. And Jane is HIPAA compliant, so you can feel confident knowing that your patient's data is stored securely. With patient details saved directly to their profile and questionnaires to their chart, you can say goodbye to your bulky filing cabinet for good. Learn more by heading to jane.app forward slash guide. Let's talk a little bit more about the internal marketing that you're um, sharing about. What do you mean by that? Share with our listeners, like, what do you really mean by internal marketing and how does that function? Sure. So um, it's easier to define external marketing is everything on the outside, website, branding, logos, Instagram, all the social media platforms even billboards, radio, magazines, 
There is nothing wrong with that. And there's a great debate happening in our industry um, around the fact that a few years ago now, many clinics started to notice that their social media was getting them more clients than word of mouth. So word of mouth, huge. That was the way that most med spas and medical aesthetic, aesthetic clinics grew, period. I would argue that except for a very, very tiny percentage, it's still that way. But we're being lured to say, hey, we can get you 30 new clients in 30 days. Like Kendall, my <laughs> my clients, administrative people who are on the phone and frontline, they are drowning in calls, admin, soft, they are drowned. They don't even, they can't handle 30. They can't handle 10 more. And so that's what's out there. People are being lured and it's shiny and sparkly. So that's external marketing. And we're talking about actions and behaviors in clinic with the clientele and patients that already know you, that already trust you, that already say, wow, was a good, I like coming here. You know, I feel welcome. I'm getting some outcomes that I like. I feel known, seen, heard, felt. That is where the money is at. And so internal marketing means the behaviors, what we say, what we do, how we do it, systems and processes that happen on a daily basis, behaviorally, as habits by everyone who works at the clinic and how that impacts retaining that person to make sure you still feel welcomed here. And also that person being able to say, hey, you know, if you're looking to do X, Y, Z, you know, try this clinic. And certainly there's a ton of taboo in medical aesthetics, you know, a lot of taboo. So it's a little bit different than some of the other aspects of healthcare. Like if someone says, oh, Kendall, I love your glasses. You're going to say, oh, thank you. I got them at so-and-so. Yeah. But if somebody says your skin looks great, or you look like you have less wrinkles, I don't know, people don't go around bragging about Botox. Um, it's very true. And so there is a bit of a challenge there yet. Um, those people that respect that those everyday habits and behaviors in clinic, that's what actually builds the business, not the external marketing. And it's just, in my opinion, after 21 years, it gets too expensive and too much effort and cognitive load to even try and keep up with that external marketing. So I would like people to flip their formula and say, you know, we used to do like 80% of our marketing effort facing outside and 20% inside. And I would like to flip it. We have a program called Clinic Transformations. It's a five month individual and group coaching program. And our promise is to become this in demand clinic with a positive everyone sells culture to keep that team and clinic growing. And the reason I shared is because the everyone sells part, A, describes that tension. What? You're a healthcare professional and you're selling? What's up with that? And then secondly, when I say, like, wh what is a positive culture where people relate sales and serving with deeply caring? Because to do it well, you have to have the skills exactly like you mentioned of psychology, of humanness. You have to be connected to yourself in order to connect with another person. So rather than saying, here's the 12 steps of a great cosmetic consult that converts, like anyone can do that. But then how come everyone's not doing it and converting? We're looking at, you know, what happens at the beginning of that one-to-one -one meeting with that human who is going to trust that you're going to do something with their physical body 
let's start there. And how might that interaction that happens to be called a consult, how might it look, feel, what kinds of questions are asked? But on the other end, now serving this industry so long, we know what patients and clients are saying, which is you're giving me way too much detail. I'm on overload. So the confused mind says no. It says, you've done all the talking, but wait a minute, I thought we were here to talk about me and my needs as a client. And I know this sounds harsh, but the patient and client just doesn't care technically about how laser light exactly works and all of the jargon and technical parts. No, they want, so, they just want to know it's going to fix their problem that they have, you know. Exactly. And maybe that they're safe or maybe, yeah. you know, how you're going to support them throughout this process. And so we're trying to expand the spectrum and horizon of how people view their work, view their role in a clinic around internal marketing. So yeah, if a clinic gets a new device or a new product or service and they want to promote it, 100%, put it on social media, do your external marketing things. And my money, Kendall, is still on if they do 80% of their effort inside the clinic, even if that works by 50%. They will have, they'll be able to serve more people than if they stick to traditional external marketing. I agree with you 5,000%. And, <laughs> and if I could, I mean, I couldn't pay you enough money to um, share this with my team. And I might have to have you share this with my team because this is how we've been operating at, at Vancouver Wellness Studio since the beginning. And it started out of necessity because we have always been a private pay out of network, multidisciplinary center, healthcare clinic. Mm -hmm. And so marketing has to be different. Like we really, the um, referral networks in the community are hugely important. Um, and we're extremely collaborative team. And so the you know, we always say that in-house referrals are a side effect of how we at work, which is providing collaborative health care. And there's no way that that client is not going to feel um, safe, excited, and held by that environment if you truly know who you are, you know your team, you know their services, and you can really speak to the benefit of that, right? Absolutely. Um, and it it is hugely important. And I think so when new healthcare providers join our team, you know, it, it doesn't matter what the modality it is, right? Mm -hmm. They're coming in with a mindset of I shouldn't have to do marketing, right? Mm -hmm. I'm a healthcare provider. I shouldn't have to sell. Yes. And I definitely shouldn't have to sell if I'm an employee. And wow. so this is something we're always, you know, it's built into our structure here and we do a ton of internal marketing here. Um, but it's still, it's that constant education, you know, as, as the team shifts and grows over time of why is this important? Why is it still valuable? I know you're seeing the shiny object over here. You want us to do more Google ads. You want us to do more Google ads. Yes. But <laughs> what I need you to do is nurture the, and learn more about the patients that you have in front of you yeah. and help them see the benefit of this new service, right? For sure. I, and 
you you've described Kendall like your experience and that tension with the team of why should I have to sell? That's your job as the business owner. Hurry up and do like find exactly. the magic marketing pill, exactly. and I'll be here just doing my services. But they're right. inseparable. So there, there's two there's two very doable tips that I would love to share around yes, this whole like shared mentality that in all our businesses, this external marketing is only going to take you so far. So internal marketing think if we asked every single patient after their appointment or interaction with us, like anything, any interaction, whether it's social media an appointment link, but especially when they interact with us virtually or in real life is ask them the question, like after that interaction or picture what they would say. And if you don't know, ask is what do you wish would have happened? And sometimes they'll say, I wish the book now button was bigger, or I wish I could ask questions like reach you somehow without having to make an appointment, but still ask a question, or I wish I knew what was allowed, or I wish I had more privacy in the waiting area, or I, you know, always like, I wish the room wasn't so warm. Like that's just, I don't know why, but that comes up always in every business. Um, And then the other one is just picture an exercise. If you were walking your client and just think of like one client and say you had extra time before their appointment. So you decided you were going to give them a tour and I'm talking the whole tour, like the staff kitchen with the sink full of mugs that everybody's annoyed that nobody washes. If you were to walk a patient or client through your clinic and show them inside every room, literally open the door and don't worry about privacy. It's a pretend exercise. And you said to them, you know, this is where our um, scheduling coordinators sit. And this is our laser room. And this is our therapeutic room. And this is our, you know, quiet room. What would you walk around and be saying? And what do you think they would have the following reaction to, which is, oh, I didn't know you did that here. Or I didn't know you had one of those here. So whether what you had is, I don't know, a body contouring device or a laser or, or whether it was like your scheduling coordinators, I didn't know that you even had scheduling coordinators. I just always go through your site. Yeah. So it just helps to open our mind as we're working hard and serving people to view it from their perspective and not necessarily ours. And there I go back to originally how I started and your question, which is, you know, what really matters is how you serve others. And that is connected with how you see yourself and your role and the modern day of business. Yes, it used to be your and my job, Kendall, to market for our businesses and our teams show up and that's that. And now it's a reframe is to say, if you're part of the marketing group and the impact of our marketing, what is your role? And the answer is not nothing. I'm waiting on Kendall or I'm nothing. I'm waiting on the physician or the practice manager. Everyone has a role and it has to, we have to go beyond the, you know, generic, well, you know, my role is to help and to listen and to treat and to, we have to go beyond that because ultimately that's what makes us, that's what makes our clinic and business uncopyable Mm -hmm. is that blend of people and things and how we serve. Well, and it really, like everything you're talking about, talking about comes down to having a trauma-informed approach to care and it. And then the side effect, as I said earlier, is Mm -hmm. people trust your business and want to utilize your business more, right? 
So yes. everything you're talking about, like giving tours when new patients come in, this is a daily practice we have at our clinic. Like it's awesome. built into our structure, right? Your new person come in, doesn't matter who they are, they're going to get a tour because they want to. They need to know where things are, right? It's orienting people to the space. What can they expect? Where is the bathroom? Where is the tea? And then on the tour, right, then you're explaining everything you offer there and it happens every single day. Oh, I didn't know you had this here. I didn't know you had this here. Um, but the, those details of like even the, like you were talking about earlier, the provider really prioritizing listening no matter what service they are about to provide, listening to the patient beforehand is like that's where the trauma-informed education and skills and approach make yeah. a huge, huge difference to that person's experience. And whether they see you one time or come forever, they are out in the community saying, you know what? I had a different experience today at this mm -hmm. med spa. Like I have never had that type of experience. They really heard my concerns and I felt I left feeling great. Right. Well, that's it. And for us, let's face it, it's a outward, everything needs to look good, polished, like Insta ready type scenario. And that's gotten this industry into huge trouble because it takes the focus away. It becomes a persuasive energy. It becomes mm. the type of salesy energy that people can see through and that staff also feel really squirmy and gross about. Yeah. And they can borrow a lot from the work that you're doing, even even like Google trauma informed and like call you and say, like, what is that? What is that? Um, and to say, you know, to me, when we train providers and clinic owners, etc., our clients on a consult, when they are willing to experiment with asking questions that are real and authentic, that help them better align the next step they might propose to the patient, and the patient or client says, that's a great question. You know, nobody's ever asked me that before. Ding, ding, ding. You've won. You've won. And that's the feeling I want people to get mm -hmm. really craving is that you've made someone stop and think about a part of them that they can tell you're really listening. And it's interesting, Kendall, because I just celebrated like this past year, my 20th year in business serving medical aesthetics. Congratulations. I'm allowed to be called a, a veteran and old. My industry doesn't like the word aging, but I love it. It's a rite of passage and it makes us wise and so on. But interestingly, I had a couple of calls from US clinics and a couple here in Canada that said, can you help us? Can you provide trauma-informed training? Informed mm. training? And the answer is no. Please, everyone listening, call Kendall and her team <laughs> and those resources. Now I have resources, but we would never pretend to go and do that, but we can still be a resource. But I was fascinated with what makes you ask. And yeah. what was happening is they started getting patient. They call it complaints. I call it uh, an expression of an unmet need to say, I came in for a skincare consultation and you guys helped me with some skincare products and laser. But now like a month later, I'm waking up and I'm re-traumatized from the issues that I had, let's say as a teen with acne or body contouring that re-triggered some serious issues with eating disorders for these, a, yeah. a couple of individuals and the staff 
don't know how to deal with that. They might not even know how to recognize. And I would challenge to say, does anybody have anything on their intake form to check? You know, I, I would also say, and yeah, I'm going to go to the deep end and say, what about our own internal team? I mean, it's scary what I'm seeing out there and the lengths people are going to, you know, in a certain percentage of, of med spa. It's all the things that even with, within the industry, we go, wow, like that's gross. I mean, I respect, you know, people do whatever they want with their body, but ultimately, you know, we are one, one field and people unfortunately see us the same, but where is the support for people perhaps that work for us who are recovering or dealing with or traveling through or are living with someone who's traveling through this? Mm -hmm. Um, There's interesting discussions about addictions to the types of procedures that people might have everything from like, I'm not just talking to plastic surgery. I'm talking like to retinol to, to these types of things and where it fits in. So I, I am encouraged that I see lots of people in the industry going way beyond like look better, feel better. I think that's a facade. And there was a time for that. I think to your point, there's so much opportunity to educate ourselves about the human that's coming in who we're trying to connect and serve. Yeah. Ildi, I feel like we could talk all day. I really, I love this conversation so much and I'll have to have you back on. Before we close, I'd love for you to share with the audience uh, kind of what you're working on, what's coming next for you and your business and how can people find you um, and take advantage of your masterclass? Um, yes, I. we would love to connect with anyone who has wants to work with us, but also people have questions or opinions about this discussion. Um, the best place to find me is on Instagram at um, ILDI, I-L-T-I underscore Arlette. Um, and we do have our clinic transformations program that's coming up in December for people who want to do a deep dive and come into this community, get supported in leadership skills and some of the med spa how-tos, business how-tos. But our masterclass is coming up and in case someone's hearing this after it's over, um, we're really generous with our resources. So just reach out and contact us on Instagram. Um, you can always find us at resultscontinuum.com and find out what's happening there. And we're here. Ildi, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Kendall. This was fun. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Thanks so much for listening to the Wellness Center Creators Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Please visit our website at wellnesscentercreators.com for more show notes and additional episodes. Plus, if you do have time, please subscribe to the podcast and please consider rating and reviewing the show. That will help other people find us. Thanks again for listening and we'll catch you next time on the Wellness Center Creators Podcast.